welcome to Tales of the Resistance, a podcast about antimicrobial resistance. On today's show, as always, we're joined by a rotating lineup of members of the I Am Responsible Project, a nationwide team of educators and researchers working on solutions to antimicrobial resistance. I'm Mara, one of the hosts, and I'm joined on the show today by Beth. Hello. And by Amber. Hi. On today's show, we're going to be talking about uh, some new news and events in the world of antimicrobial resistance, which is always changing, and something that we found really interesting and wanted to share with you. So let's go ahead and get into it. So today we're going to be discussing an article called Decades of Conflict in Iraq Have Fueled Catastrophic Rise in Antibiotic Resistance, Warn Experts. The original research from this article comes from Fayette et al. 2023 from the British Medical Journal. And you can find uh, the link to this article in the show notes if you would like to take a look at that before we start our um, discussion or after. So this article is talking about how war and the spread of antimicrobial resistance are linked. There's been awareness of this since the 1940s, that war has been known to affect antimicrobial resistance, but any real study into it was put on the back burner for the time. But it came again to the front with the wars in Iraq. Because of all the armed conflict, Iraq has known in the last, oh, almost 50 years since the Iran-Iraq war was in the 1980s. So the situation in Iraq offers an accurate look at how war impacts the spread of antimicrobial resistance. So some of the main reasons why war and the spread of antimicrobial resistance are correlated are the destruction of healthcare infrastructure, shortages in medicine and skilled healthcare personnel, the number of wounded and refugee displacement, which can result in poor sanitation and hygiene, which can then result in more diseases. An interesting correlation between war and the spread of antimicrobial resistance that I was really interested in touching on, that it's not something you think about necessarily when uh, the first time when you think about AMR spreading, is how the use of heavy metals in weaponry and military equipment, as well as explosives carrying huge amounts of lead and mercury, contribute to antimicrobial resistance. You don't usually think about metal, heavy metals, is not something that comes a lot of times to the forefront of your thinking about antimicrobial resistance. So bacterial species can develop resistance to metals to combat heavy metal toxicity. Mara, perhaps you can expand on this a little bit more, but I am curious to know more about this. So my question, I guess, for you, Mara, was, so the same resistant genes that bacteria develop against heavy metals, they can also be used to protect the bacteria from antibiotics? Is that correct? They can use the exact same genes? Not exactly the same genes. It really depends on this, what's called the mode of action of the antibiotic, which is to say what effect it's having on the cell. And if it's exactly the same effect as a heavy metal, uh, the toxicity of a heavy metal, then yeah, it might be the exact same gene, but that's unlikely to be the case. Usually they have different effects. So they're going to have different resistant genes. So the, in basically that gene gives the cell an approach, basically a tool to fight the effect of either the heavy metal or the antibiotic. But the reason that they're linked 
is because bacteria, and, and we've talked about this before, there's this, this phenomena called horizontal gene transfer. And what that means is that bacteria can take a part of their genome, like a few of their genes on what's called a plasmid. So it's 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 actually very long in the sense that DNA has, you know, a lot of data in a very small, little tiny portion. But as a piece of DNA, it's pretty small. Uh, these plasmids and they transfer them between each other. Two live cells transferring these plasmids between each other, and they'll do this specifically more often when they're stressed. They're essential DNA. They're not part of their chromosome. They're these side tools, side pieces of information and possible uses as emergency cheat code in the, ascent, in the sense that if they get into really serious trouble, there may be a solution here. It's not a guarantee, but by, by having them all together like that, when they are stressed, it's not like they know what, what their situation is. They just, they have a sense that things are bad. And so they start passing around these cheat codes. And so they have put a lot of the same cheat codes for antibiotic resistance onto the same plasmids as heavy metal resistance because they're trying to survive stressful situations and they don't know what is causing it. So they're just putting all of these things together. These are the survival mechanisms and they're in a little box all together and they pass them around. When bacteria are exposed, to heavy metal and they're passing things around in order to survive the heavy metals, those species that have the plasmid that give them resistance to the heavy metals will survive. They probably also will be the ones that have resistance to antibiotics because they're on the same plasmid. So once you have, once the heavy metals have had their effect on a population, what lasts, what survives that may be an increased rate of antibiotic resistance in that same environment, even though antibiotics were not used. And that's that's how the two things are linked, not because they're they have the same effect necessarily, but because the genes are passed around together. Yeah, that makes sense. So if there's like a stressor of heavy metal, that can result in passing antimicrobial resistance to the other other bacteria, even if it's not a situation of the usual situation of passing antimicrobial resistance where the stressor is antibiotics. So they're passing that protection, that gene of protections against antimicrobial resistance at the same time as they're passing the ones that have to do with heavy metal. Thank you for clarifying that for us. So another discussion around this article that I would like to have, if you guys are up to it, is comparing kind of how the turmoil that climate change is already causing on human populations and will continue to cause on human populations will mirror the impact that that armed conflicts can have. Some of the examples, for instance, in the article about refugee crises and the breakdown of healthcare systems. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's probably without question that you're going to see a lot of correlation there. And and I do think, I mean, the heavy metals is, is really an interesting and, and unique thing about the effect of the armed conflicts that probably hasn't been researched that much. But we do know quite a bit about the effect that 
these disruptions have on health outcomes. And besides just the, the risk of being actually shot or blown up when you're living in a war zone or when or the risk of food insecurity when with growing climate change, the disruptions that either one of them can cause have mm-hmm. major health implications for all of these infrastructural ways that Beth outlined. And and those can be very significant, even if they're not directly antimicrobial resistance related. They're not talking necessarily about the outbreak of a specific antimicrobial resistant pathogenic disease. It's not an epidemic necessarily, but the effect can be like that because of, of that sort of combination of lack of medicine. If you don't have medicine, then it's it's like you're having a resistance problem. The The lack of medicine, you may have to use things that are a little bit more broad spectrum or that are not ideal, and then you can cause additional health repercussions down the road. The lack of sanitation, have higher rates of infection, and then you have a higher rate of usage of antibiotics just sort of compounds on itself. And it's one of the reasons why the problem of AMR is so difficult to solve, because we've just got so many factors that we've been trying to control war for all, really all of our yeah. history. I mean, how do we solve that? And yet here's another thing to add to the list for why we have to. Right. And I was thinking like, that just makes me think how complex it all is, because it's like, as a citizen living in, in these areas, and you know, you're just focused on survival. There's so many layers and, and you're just trying to get through each day. And then on top of that, what are the priorities? Because it's like, where does AMR fit into all of that when you're, when you're just trying to survive and then other illnesses or pandemics and things like that take the forefront? It's like AMR, I'm sure kind of ends up towards the bottom of the list and it's still a, a critical issue so yeah I just I don't know I guess it just it seems huge to me like kind very of much let's me... sit down and, and solve the world huge world issues in our podcast right here yeah <laughs> it gives me it gives me anxiety <laughs> thinking about it and imagine living through it yeah it's kind of interesting the parallel you're drawing here Beth between climate change and AMR and like Amber said, the, the ease at which we sort of put AMR off to the side when we're addressing all of these what seem to be bigger concerns. And yet I'm often struck by the research prognostications about antimicrobial resistance and climate change, both used this year, 2050, at which some major like apocalyptic um, level will be either reached or not reached, you know, it's not like it happens at 2050, but the uh, information out there that people will point to this year as like a major milestone. And um, yet we are moving, you know, heaven and earth, moving mountains to address climate change. And we should, we need to, but we're looking at the same period. And I don't see the same push to address antimicrobial resistance. Right. And I guess you could say, okay, so the climate change issue is one that could get out of control, could become, you know, sort of build on itself. And then you've got planetary problems. I think it's, yeah, I think it really is a difference in awareness. Climate change is more on the, the radar of the everyday person. So it's talked about, most people have heard about 
climate change and a lot of people have no idea what antimicrobial resistance is all about or how it can be, how they can play a role in um, helping to, to solve it. I think what you and Amber have say, have been talking about how antimicrobial resistance can be put on the back burner is we saw it in the COVID pandemic a lot is how personnel that were, I remember reading this in an article, sorry, I'm bringing it up back to my mind, that personnel that were, like their job was monitoring the use of antibiotics to make sure that they're not overused were then being pulled because there was just not enough people to help in the COVID crisis. So things like monitoring the use of antibiotics was put on on the back burner. You know, it wasn't something that people were thinking about as much. It was just the immediate, we've got to solve these illnesses. People are suffering right here, right now. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard. Like it's same thing for, for an armed conflict or climate change, you know, the immediate suffering we've got antimicrobial resistance it's the catastrophic effects are further down the road so it's harder to think about that future compared to the immediate the immediate suffering of today it's on us in a sense we're we're working in this space we have to keep it front of mind for people and not i don't want to say that we're not concerned with climate change i also work on climate change it's not like I'm trying to put one above the other, but it just strikes me often how all of these other very serious, very important things are are pushing AMR to the side when it is it is very serious as well. Right. I think they're equally important to prioritize, but climate change has better PR, I think. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Maybe we need, they need to fire us. We're not doing a good enough job. <laughs> well, it does kind of come back to the work that we're doing is, is the awareness. I mean, if you stopped any one person on the street and asked them if they've heard of climate change, they're probably going to say yes. But mm-hmm. if you ask them if they've heard of antimicrobial resistance, uh, I know I speak to people every week that have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. They understand it once you explain it, but they don't hear about it or know it as as a problem, an issue, a critical issue. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting because like I've talked to um, people too, Amber, and it's like it's easy to grasp the idea of, oh, of course, you know, microbes are going to evolve too, but it's not something you think about right away. It's interesting that climate change may actually be harder to grasp. Why is this happening exactly compared to antimicrobial resistance, but just like you were saying climate change, the topic it has good, better PR, but it's also been talked about longer, even though they have both been around. Antimicrobial resistance has been a essentially a threat or the the potential threat since penicillin was invented. Um, Fleming himself was like, we can't, we can't overuse penicillin or it's going to be, it's going to develop resistance. So way back then there was talk about it and um yeah, they've both been around for like a long time, but it's just interesting that climate change has, has found a way to get more on the the radar of everyday people, more people than, than antimicrobial resistance has. And also, you know, maybe something else is, is that people might more easily see this as something that it's not something they can do anything about, whereas climate change is something that they can pick up on and like, oh, you know, recycling or using less of electricity or whatever it is. It's something that it's maybe a little bit easier to see how they can 
affect it. Whereas antimicrobial resistance may be something, okay, well, whoever is researching this stuff, they have to work on, on that. I can't do anything about it. There might be some, some lack of connecting on how everyday people can um, affect, affect this crisis. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a great discussion. Really an interesting article. Thanks to Beth for finding that for us. We're going to have to close it out for today, um, but we'll look forward to getting back together and talking more about current events on AMR very soon. Thank you all for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed this as well. We will see you again very shortly. See you later. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. 